0: Oh man, <laughs> oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. This is the Mass Event Podcast. <laughs> My name is Dalim. After a two week hiatus, I am back, I am back, I am back. It's been a minute. Uh I honestly hope that everybody has been okay. You've, you've been happy? Yo. <laughs> I hope you guys not been okay, I've missed you wherever you are across the world. I can officially say the podcast has crossed the 100 episode or 100 listener per episode benchmark. The road now is the road to 1000. Could you imagine that? This is the road to 1000. Hi! Give the podcast a massive, massive round of applause. <laughs> Uh, Come on guys, we can do better than that. (laughs) Hey, that is interesting, isn't it? Look, I am so happy. I'm so happy to get a, to get time to once again speak to you. I know it's been a hectic couple of weeks. I haven't been able to post episodes for the past two weeks, so I'm going to make up for that. I'm going to give you a triple dose this week. (laughs) So the first upload is going to be on Sunday. We're going to have another one on Tuesday. We're going to have the last one of the week on Thursday. Okay, so I have a lot and lots and lots of Good things, as always, line up for you guys. It's going to be a good show. It's going to be such, such a good show. I am so happy. I want you to relax and know that while I've been away, I've been gone to refine the podcasting, to to refine the quality that I've been giving you guys. eh? I just want it to be so much better. And I I sincerely hope that you do enjoy it. This is done for the love. So once again, Batu Dumelang, my name is Kaleem, and this is the Mass Event Podcast. Alright, so I want to talk about a few interesting things. I've, I've had a colorful week of which I'll get into later on, but the topics that have been banging on my mind, taxi operations, just how freely these guys operate, whether from their own Set of rules for driving or their general conduct because essentially our inconvenience is their business. I want to speak about work ethic. In South Africa, we have a huge, huge number of people who are currently unemployed, graduates and the uneducated alike. It's, it's, it's tough times that we are sitting in. And we're having graduates coming out of varsity and saying, I'm entitled to certain things because I sacrificed. And then they want to automatically head and over those that have, that have been hustling. Those with experience, who dedicated their time to learning the this, this skill. Interesting. Talking about connections. The super famous the rich and the famous, the lovely, who are always inspiring us about how they went from rags to riches. Who did it without nothing? But did they really? I want to talk about new money. (laughs) New money, new money. What it does to us, and why it doesn't last, the I blew it phenomenon. Rough money, that's new money. Imagine millions just flowing into your account. You've never, ever had anything more close to that. And lastly, we rip it off with addiction. Not too deep. Nice and easy episode, as always. This is the Massive Fan Podcast. I'm Kaleem. Let's go. Let's get to it. Taxi operations. You know, taxi drivers are superheroes. So for your international listeners, taxi drivers in, in, in South Africa, they are one of the most influential groups of people because they, they, they control such a large chunk of the economy. In that, most of the people in this country use taxis. And the things I'm referring to isn't the, the American setup where generally a person would just um haul one of those uh, sedans uh, those yellow those yellow cads which they film in service or in Uber. The taxi service in South Africa the way it's layered out is it's a minibus taxi where up to fifteen passengers would be ferried um, or carried from different locations all across and this is the norm. Now we have hundreds and thousands of taxis in operations Perhaps even up into the millions, I don't know the numbers. But we also have drivers, we have taxi associations, we have a few marshals, we have, <laughs> we have quite a lot of, uh, of, of, of people involved in that sector. And the particular focus that I want to put on today is, is going to be not only on the culture of, of, of taxi operations, but the culture I mean just how... How, how influential these people are, but the culture that we've grown to accept as a country. You're welcome. These taxi operators are special, I tell you. They are flipping special. <laughs> so, from them to being outright mostly rude, not being told anything, they do as they please whenever they want They say whatever they want. They can bring their country to a standstill if they decide to go on a protest. On the roads, they are the kings. They do whatever they want. The government launched initiatives to say, guys, we need to try and decrease the traffic that is currently set out on the road. And they gave us options. As a recommendation they said to us, we need to implement um using more public transport, so they implemented uh, the Rapid Bus System, uh, fire, Um and they also tried to, sorry, they also tried to, to, to encourage us to use the lift service, saying to us, instead of having one person driving around in a car, isn't it advisable that there's a lift service so we can try and decrease the number of cars active on the roads? So these were some of the, the, the good recommendations that they came up. And now you get the taxi drivers, the owners of the road. Did you know that in South Africa, in certain parts specifically in Gauteng, if you are found to be transporting people from your place of residence to work, you are in trouble because they're going to say to you, "You do not have a permit to be doing that." They're going to say to you that you are trying to take away money out of the business. You're trying to take away food out of their children's mouths. And I know I'm saying it so casually, so 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 smooth, but they, they don't really say it the way that I'm saying it now. Essentially, they they drop you while they're doing it, or you'll be beat up. You will be beat up, you will get the whooping of your life, if you try to challenge these people. In their logic, every pedestrian belongs to them. That's their market share. And whatever that the person will try to do, as a matter of getting convenience, they are going to look at it and say, Hey Bo, the audacity of this person, who shall we transport? Where shall we get our money from? So, when you try to live a life with convenience, they, 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 they not about that kind of life. So, in other, other parts of the country, what they do, they would actually take your car. If you are the, the driver, and then you have all these passengers in your car, whether or not you're going for the same destination, specifically and particularly if you're taking these people to work, they're going to take your car. And you might but likely are going to be expected to drive thousands. Uh, sorry, to pay thousands and thousands in money to release the car. Essentially, they hijack you, and then they they hold your car for ransom. If you do not pay, I promise you, they will destroy your car, strip it for parts, or do whatever as they please, or give it to one of the drivers, or give it to one of the associations, or turn it into a patrol car. They will do it. You ask yourself. Why don't you go to, why don't you just go to the police? Alright, these people are inherently violent. If you go to the police, the resolution isn't going to be a peaceful one. They have the means to come set out for you. If it means they need to associate you, they will, they will assassinate you without hesitation. If it means they need to trap you, beat you to a pulp, they will. The system they work on isn't the same one that falls onto the rest of us as a country. Now, these bastards, these pastors live differently from us. Make no mistake. And they do this because the government allows it. It's one of those necessary evils. So even if they are aware of them, there isn't much they can actually do about it. <laughs> <There's a laughs> the, the, the reality of the fact is this. When they decided to do something, it was going to happen. If they decide to shut down the country, it's going to happen. They yield an enormous amount of force. I remember during the, the, the first time we had the COVID lockdown. And the government was like, okay, we're going to implement social distancing inside taxis. And what that actually meant was, we're going to limit the number of occupants allowed into a taxi. So if a taxi was to carry... Uh, 15 passengers, we're going to reduce that to about 8. Because there has to be a certain amount of distance between the patrons. Obviously, there's a stupid um, discussion, but everyone was scared this was level 5 lockdown 2020 March. Okay, So then they said, we're going to do this so we can be able to save God's lives and, and, and try to have as many people continue with their lives without disruptions. The taxi passes and associations and unions and wherever they were agreed and they said, okay, we're going to put people first and we're going to try this out. And they did it for a week. In some parts, they never actually did it. After the first week, you could imagine that now the taxi owners are complaining because the checking, which is the, the, the money that they give at the end of shift, wasn't really balancing. They were losing out on so much money. They simply decided, all right, let's do this. We're going to now adjust the cost of transport to try and mitigate the losses that we are experiencing due to a shortage of passengers in a taxi. So the taxi fares went up. And that lasted for a second week. And then they decided, aha, no, 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 no. This is simply not enough. The taxi driver said, you know what? We have not seen any data of this thing being effective. As of today, we're going to load full capacity. There you try to stop us. And that's how the lockdown ended. (laughs) The lockdown ceased to exist. Practically. Because they loaded people in full capacity, comfortable. They didn't have an issue with that. But they also kept the price increases as they were. And these price increases were were quite substantial. Because they would have gone from 30% and higher, depending on the distance of the trip. And this was generally what I experienced by most of the passengers. We started learning that they didn't really care for the rules we started seeing COVID for the fraud that it was. A fraud in the sense that not that it didn't exist, but it wasn't as severe as they made it out to be. It was just the focus of governments who chose to focus on one type of death and report on it consistently, saying to us, millions of people have died across the world. Millions of people have died uh, everywhere else, and uh, there's more who've been affected and all that. But they never gave us the figures for flu, And for all these common diseases. They let things continue as as they were, as the norm. But I digress. Taxi drivers then came in. And essentially decided. And during that time, there was also a matter of the times that were set for them to operate. They would operate in the morning. There would be a brief um, break during the days. As to why, I still don't know. I still yo. They they used to say to us, we are not allowed to buy non-essential food items. Literally, they would decide what they deem as essential to us. You're not allowed to eat fast food. <coughs> Sorry. We're not allowed to eat fast food. You weren't even allowed to um, <laughs> to buy potato chips. <laughs> you weren't allowed to smoke. Hey... Oh, you weren't allowed to drink. You weren't allowed to go to church. Eh? Essentially, they came up with rules that to this day just don't add up. They had no benefit whatsoever on the health state. Essentially, they showed us, we control you. And you couldn't do jack about it. So the taxi drivers operate on a system which is contrary to the laws. They have their own system and it's effective. Which makes me question the laws themselves. Are they really Are they really essential? Honestly, or the penalties associated with, with them. A taxi driver would be driving, and then the road is red. He will just look to see if there's any oncoming traffic. If at all, because sometimes all <laughs> oh, these dudes do, do as they please. They, they, they work on the assumption that because of the size of the car that they're driving, you can see them. And if you can see them, stop. They refer to a taxi driver in the third sense. They' will say to you it's okay hello yeah, as stereotypically i i'm I'm, 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 I'm referring to the Zulu drivers, um, but do you know the speed drivers, there's thesa drivers, vendor drivers? It's the same person, trust me, just different surnames so, <laughs> so yeah it's, it's, it's this is the notion of the taxi culture, and it's something that I don't miss. honestly, I do not miss the taxi culture if it were up to me. I I, I wouldn't have my family using it. I try to to to, to run away from public transport as I possibly can. Because generally the culture. You get queue marshals which are extremely flippantly rude. (laughs) Hey hey. You would greet a person like Sorbonne. (laughs) He would ask you, When are (laughs) nobody? These are impossible guys. These are impossible guys to deal with. And, ooh, son, these guys... <laughs> no, these guys are wicked. Honestly, they are wicked. And they do this thing intentionally. Because they don't mind flustering you and frustrating you. They don't mind being, for lack of a better word, dicks. So, <laughs> it's... It's 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 unfortunate, because I heard of a, ca- a case where this guy... Is a colleague. He works um, with us, so he has a few colleagues that he normally travels with. On this particular day, they decided to stop him. And he had about three other occupants in this car, um, excluding him. So there were four in the car. And the patrol car stops him. And then as they stop, they wrap him up, take the keys and hold the car hostage. Now the gent has to fork out 10,000. Allegedly 10,000. That he needs to give out. Imagine that. And this is a fine. A fine which is not governed by any law. Essentially, this is a hijacking. If you go to the police, you're screwed. If you don't pay them the 10,000, you're screwed. So you need to operate the way that they say they want to see things done. Imagine that. (laughs) Oh, I love, but it's not funny. I have a fed. And there's nothing that can be done about it. They operate in their own frequency. When they have issues to fix, they have hitmen. Oh, they kill each other on a daily basis. They have hitmen for days. Tech, the Taxi industry is wicked. Why? Because it is extremely profitable. There are those who only want to be the ones making money. It's a monopoly and they're okay with it. They're at high levels of comfort with the system and they want to keep it as it is. So whenever they are challenged, where people prosper and start buying cars, they don't want to see that. They don't want to see an improved um, bus transport system. They don't want to see an improved trail system. Because to them it means that it's going to be less money for them. Their con- your convenience as an individual has nothing to do with them they literally will put everything to a halt because their children supposedly are the ones who deserve to eat and ours don't deserve to eat. It's a selfish mindset. These dudes are flipping selfish and they're comfortable with it. I remember there was this taxi driver that I was with in the car and he said to me, look, I have a fix for the taxi uh, operating in, in where I live, in Cosmo. What they need to do is they need to dedicate... Um, roads to certain types of taxis. So you wanted to see the quantum taxis, which is the most um, commonly used and the most comfortable of taxis. They wanted to give them longer roads, okay? for them longer routes, rather, to be used in operation. And then the CIS as well, which are the older versions of the taxis, they said those can do um, ran bag, uh, deli- uh, sorry, um, transport. Then he said, because there's going to be tons and tons of scopas, as they call them, which are the seven-seaters, he said those, they should operate only locally. But here's the catch. No one should be allowed to use any other mode of transport. I asked him, what do you mean? He says, no, the cost, all the taxis must end at the taxi rank. None of them should go into the location. So essentially, he's going to be creating an extra tip, an extra route of a pre-existing route, cutting the distance. And I asked him, who's going to pay? He says, well, the people must pay. If they can't pay, they must walk. Imagine that. (laughs) And he thought this was a brilliant idea. Not, Not even understanding remotely that just because people are working they're any good salaries. There's people who are living literally hand to mouth. Whatever you give is only enough to, to last and perhaps not even till the next payday. There's people that I know that get paid and within the first week they're already broke. They need to go in and, and, and borrow money. Imagine this. Yo! It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing to witness. Honestly. But I guess it speaks to work ethic. Eh? The taxi industry has a different work ethic from us. These guys operate on a different frequency. And, and, and you, need to, you need to understand that. Every single part of this country has a certain understanding of taxis. There's nothing that you could do. The work ethic is consistent because if, if they are nothing, they are consistent. Trust you me. The things that they are able to get away with, it's, it's unheard of. Yo, as a woman go to a taxi rank right now with a mini scared. Ah!. Ha, ha. Yo, the cat calling. Oh, oh, they will shame you. They will shame you. And it doesn't matter whether you're in Blut Mall, you're in Pre-Mort, it doesn't matter whether you're in uh, 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 Carlton Center, you're in Secunda, it doesn't matter whether you're in Hamaskral, it doesn't matter. I told you, it's the same guy. Dixie Driver is the exact same guy. He's a shapeshifter with a different surname. (laughs) It's the same person, I promised you. But the, the, the taxi culture, is something I don't miss. It is honestly something I don't miss. Imagine on top of that, there is the in-taxi etiquette. For shorter distance, specifically in Gauteng, in, in you're not allowed to eat. You're going to find all these stickers in the <laughs> inside the taxi. And these, these stickers serve as the constitution of your ride. First, and most important, is the type of money you bring in the morning. You are not allowed to bring 100 Rand notes, 50 Rand notes, or 200 Rand notes in the morning. Or have the audacity. I've heard about cases where a person brought 200 in the morning. And a taxi driver just went into the garage, parked the car, went in, bought bread and milk. And gave back the money as change. (laughs) Yes! You will not be his headache. He knows how much he's supposed to get. He is not there to give you change. Because the assumption is, you knew yesterday that you're going to be using a taxi. These guys don't care. And they get away with it. You can have arguments inside of a taxi and they will decide that they're going to leave you. Wherever it is. If there's a disagreement... Oh, I promise you. And, and and one particular thing I used to I used to hate about how things taxi drivers is the music that they play. Not so much the music genre, but the volume. The, the respect is so minimum. Even if you're on the phone and you can see or hear that you're struggling to hear the person on the other line, it's not going to reduce the volume. I want to ask this guy. And he gave me a stupid response. He said to me, yeah, because this is my office. In your office, you control everything, the noise and the air conditioning, and I don't question you. And here, this is my office. And he spoke like that. That was literally how he spoke. Imagine. And there wasn't anything that I could do. Being vulnerable in this country is is a flipping pandemic. It's something that it should never be. Because they will take advantage of you. They will will dehumanize you in ways you never thought possible. But make no mistake, it's fun. (laughs) That's the the thing about it. It is is, is different. It is fun. (laughs) Because you get to interact with so many people. This is networking for us. For those of us who are less privileged, that, that's literally networking. I know tons of relationships, if that's how we measure them, that have started in taxis. I personally have never started a conversation in a taxi. I have never. But for some reason, when I'm out in public, my voice changes. My, my, my voice disappears. Next thing you know, I'm sounding like a broke DJ's pool. It, it, I I don't sound normally when I'm in people. Even when I'm in church, when I need to go present uh, uh, an item. And I decided today I'm going to sing. You know, I will sing in praise. Ah, not my voice. So, I don't know whether it's anxiety or uh, I'm afraid of how they're going to respond. I do not know. I, I, I honestly don't know. But what I know is, what, what I experience is totally different. <laughs> so, imagine that. It's essential. It is, it, is, it is part of the fabric of this country. Things that make us unique. But hey, <laughs> but if the taxi driver can be one person, the same person, what changes when it comes to the rest of us? I've mentioned before that we have a very high percentage of unemployment. It's something crazy. Nearly half of the workforce or, or the population which is eligible to work is unemployed. And they say, obviously, education increases your chances of getting employment, but it does not guarantee it. And there's th- different grades to this educated portion. We have those that went up to metric. Okay. And got, and got their certificate. That made it. They're educated. And then you have the tertiary um, that made it. They're also educated they form part of a split in the, the national unemployment rate. Okay, And then you have those that dropped out or never got the opportunity to go to school who also are active citizens who need employment, low basic skills. But where are they going to be finding the jobs? And before we go with any, any, any further with this, I want you to understand something. This is why we have movements such as Dutula saying to us look, we, we need to, re- to regulate um, we need to regulate the number of people within, which is within this country for non-essential skills. This restaurants that they're saying they need people to go work at these shops as they perceive need people construction needs people on the road they need people Because it has got to a stage so bad that every single place that you're going, whether the skill is rare or not, you're going to be having a foreigner taking the job. The part which they don't seem to be understanding is we need to share. Unfortunately, we need to share. I'm saying that until we accept you cannot take care of other people until you've taken care of yourself first. Generally, you use your excess to take care of the next person. You don't starve yourself to feed the poor. You need to have a balance on it. And with that being said, I want to speak I want to speak about this thing of connections. So you know it's getting serious. (laughs) I've cut down the music because it's getting serious. And I'm I'm using my my interview voice now. Alright. This is how I get interviews, by the way. This is how I sound. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So. Work ethic and connection. The things I want to speak about. That there's people who complain about not having opportunities or there not being enough opportunities out there. And then you give them the opportunity. And the quality of work that they give you is so discouraging. And unfortunately, I have to compare it with the work quality that you would get from a non-South African born citizen. I've worked retail for the best part of my life. And my experience has been the foreign nationals always seem to be come, coming through as the better workers. Why? They are submissive, they are cooperative, they are willing. And this isn't the vast majority. They understand getting the job done. They question only what it's necessary to do so. And they are not petty. They are not petty. I, 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 I know I've said a lot of things on this podcast concerning this, but they are not petty. I do not take away from, from the contributions that they give. And unfortunate reality is the reason why they are so employed is that they are actually employable. It has nothing to do with education. It's more to do with attitude and culture and the way that they generally carry themselves. And it's been the standard for a very long time. That's how it is. And that's the expectation that you have. Not because there's fear. It's just that they approach the, the the work environment totally different. I don't know whether it's the background that they're coming from, the sense of appreciation of having employment or the fact that the person obviously has travelled such a long distance to get here, whether legally or illegally, they're not going to be here to mess around. Their lived experience perhaps leads them to be as consistent as they are. What can I think is important, guys? Obviously, the, the English, as they say, gets you the interview. But the attitude then decides how you move from there. It decides what's going to be your next step. It decides if you are actually going to be growing within the organization or not. I've seen brilliant, brilliant people stuck on the same on the same way because they started making stupid decisions. They are involving themselves in pettiness and divisive things <laughs> And they literally become the reason for their downfall. Then they get frustrated. And you're going to look for so many reasons why the company you work for isn't right. And you're going to apply it time and time and time and time and time again. But the issue partially is your work ethic. And it plays an important part. The companies, this is a capitalist system, make no mistake. They want to make a certain amount of profit from everyone. That's what they're here for. They want to be profitable so they will want to take advantage of certain things I say guard yourself against that also but you have to be cooperative you have to be teachable, you have to be receptive you have to be the kind of person that makes life easier for you to engage with, it's not about what you know because they would rather, I promise you it's always about who they like you have to be likable it is it is it has very little to do with intelligence trust me i speak yo <clears throat> don't be tricked i speak as an intelligent person <laughs> i've been intelligent for the <laughs> for, for the past 17 yeah 17 years <laughs> i've grown very 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 better at it it is about who they like That's that's the simple way of putting it. It's either about what they can get f- from you on a personal level or how, how they perceive you. Because there's biases that they use. And the only way to beat these biases is to be consistent in your work culture and work I think because it takes a long time for them to see anyone is changing. And it's a f- it's a flippant disgrace as to how they treat they treat people based on their biases. We have now, in, in our own country, they're starting to look at us and say South Africans are lazy. It's not a new thing that has been said. They're saying that South Africans are unwilling to start from the bottom. They said South Africans only want what's best. That, firstly, isn't so much of a bad thing, but it, it's so wrong. It's so, so wrong. And I can call it xenophobic because we are foreign to them, aren't we? I don't know what they base it on, saying that we are not willing because I have worked these jobs. These low-paying jobs, these low-skilled jobs. I started there. And I started with South Africans. And we didn't give up. We were frustrated, but we kept it going. It's just now there's less and less more of those opportunities for the new crop of workers to come into the market because they have been taken over. Do you get it? Yo! Work ethic is critical. It's important. So when you do get the opportunity, stop, stop messing around. Because you're going to get the opportunity, but stop messing around. Do away with your entitlement. Understand the assignment. Understand why you're there. You're there to be profitable. Stop being petty. Stop being a problem. Do yourself that favor. Be a good worker. Be a good employee. Be honest. Be consistent. Be target driven. Look for opportunities of improvement. Share. Communicate. Be respectful. Humble yourself. Stop treating your boss like he's an idiot. You goes, I promise you, this thing's helped you grow. It's about being liked. And if they don't like you, you better be connected. Oh! Yo, yo, yo. Hey! Connections! It's been said that if you are benefiting, you call it connections. And if you are not you're gonna call it corruption and nepotism. That's well, that's what it is. When I'm receiving, I experience it a certain way. But when I'm observing, oh, I have a huge problem with that. Because people are gonna tell you about hard work. They're gonna to say to you, look, you need to work hard in order for you to get to a certain level of doing things. They say you need to work hard and be and and, and, and be yeah, consistent and the attitude. They're going to say that. But it gets you into very minor roles. If you're talking about the big big opportunities out there, getting into government these days, it works by connection. You need to pay a certain fee. I know people who have paid to get into the army, people who have paid to get into traffic department to be uh, 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 part of those uh, metropolitan police officers. Even to get into the police service itself, the South African police service, I know of people who have said, <clears throat> there's cases of people paid. That's, that's the fact of the matter. Would you call that corruption? And would you then expect that person to give you that ethical code of, of workmanship? Are they going to have integrity in, in 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 doing their job? Are they going to be a police officer that does things according to the constitution? Are they going to protect you? Are they doing it because they sense opportunity? An anti-poverty approach. These days, getting a license in this country is virtually impossible without having to pay UTISA. Huh? You need to pay a bribe, apparently. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> that in, in, all, in all honesty, connections. it, it depends which side of, 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 of it you are on. Are you the one benefiting? or not? And we hear the celebrities. They frustrate me. They frustrate me. I'm talking about Bobo Nang. I'm talking about uh um, woman. Yo, guys, I, 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 I spend so little time in pop culture. I'm talking about the Mihlalis of this world. I'm, I'm 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 going to dedicate this to the females for the moment. I'm gonna throw in Caesar woman in there as well. But the difference with Caesar is he is he is amazingly candid about the privileges that he's had. And that's, that's the inspiring difference between us and him. Because he's, he's not hiding and trying to make himself look as if he's coming from a position of poverty. Hey, I suffered. I came from the bottom. No, that shouldn't be a norm. By no stretch of the imagination, that shouldn't be the standard. But you also have to be aware of the privilege. And then don't then say to us to say, I worked hard to get where I am. No. Sometimes you you, you you just got lucky. You come from a good background. You are easy on the eye. And generally, there's pretty privilege in this country. I'm not saying you are ugly because you are not getting the opportunity, comrade. Understand? Understand? <laughs> Maybe you're just average. Okay? Alright. <laughs> pretty privilege exists. And unfortunately, it's something you can do nothing about. <laughs> yeah, so you need to arm yourself with the tools that make it different. I mean, Cyril did it. I- I- our president is not a handsome man, he is not. But he's made it. Connection <laughs> or dedication or education. There is no one way to get into success. But connection is an important part. Stop fighting it and say, "Yeah, people like it." No, guys. Yes, network, because that's what the the, the white people um, call it. or use. They call it networking, where you get something through someone. And they have discussions, and then they have planning sessions. That's why they very seldom are unemployed. It's not about the education. Most of which they aren't educated. Make no mistake. I work with these individuals. I'm not calling them any, any names, but I'm saying they mustn't lie to you. Connections are important guys. Build your network. Make it big. As an individual, you need to know that if you're in a time of crisis, w- which people are you able to contact. That's why you need to cover the, the discussions that you have amongst people in public. You see? And then you can expose yourself to new money. <laughs> Build the network, and that's the part of the purpose of the Mass Event podcast. The masses have to get together. The masses have to get to a level where they are able to encourage one another. I love what McGee has built with this platform, and I'm going to be speaking about McGee this week. I, I think certain things have to be addressed. I mean, I, I used to be a chiller. But I started realizing that he's leaning more and more away from reality. I don't know whether he's blinded by the success. And I pray when my turn comes, I don't fall for the same traps. I don't want to be the problem that I'm speaking of today. I don't want to be that. But I, 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 I want, I want this to be known. I want this to be, I want this to be, uh, um, learning to so many people guys don't let your success ever take away from where you you used to be, don't let it hide or don't let it don't forget where where you trouble to get to where you are and start looking down at people remembering the times where they used to drive next to tunnels and spray you with water on the road and then when you have a car, you start doing the same. I always say to people, don't become the manager that you resented. <laughs> do things differently. Ne? Yeah! So challenge yourself to network. Challenge yourself to do things so differently, guys. Challenge yourself to speak with the right people. And when you get there, be the difference. Oh, I've had to work hard to get to the level that I'm at. I'm not particularly privileged. Actually, I'm not privileged at all. I am the change that my family has become. No? So when you see my family doing good, that's, that's me. All right. Good, out of it. We have people who are gatekeepers in various organizations. People who want to be, I don't know, licked in certain parts for them to be able to open access to you. When you get opportunities to one day business those positions, don't be gatekeepers. Please, share information. Nothing will be taken away from you. Nothing, absolutely nothing will ever be taken away from you when you do that. So stop being selfish and trying to get everything or take everything for yourself. No. I've had to work much harder than I have to. A normal work day for me sees me starting work at 7 And ending it at at 6 in the afternoon. That's a normal work day. Why? Because there are people who are gatekeeping. In certain parts. Because there's no one introducing. There are people who don't see. Because there's no one who's exposing you. And introducing. And. and Don't change your work ethic. Because of how someone. One individual is treating you. Never do that. Consistency is the only thing that beats perception. (laughs) And trust me, I know in everything about perception. I remember I left Secunda. Because they had their own perception of who I was as an individual. They didn't care to know the truth. But they carried a perception. And when I left, I never looked back. I fell in and out of love in Secunda. Oh, guys. Yo, I once loved. I once loved tremendously so. (laughs) Yo. But the experience of of how people perceive me it traumatised me. But I remained consistent. I was still the most approachable person because people have no idea the sacrifice I have to make to make their you know others just to make sure that they're still employed. But I digress. Right, addiction. <laughs> I wanted to go about new money, but I don't think I'm gonna have time for that. I want to talk about addiction. I have a vice. I'm not perfect, and I never ever want to make that presentation. I am not perfect. I am flawed, and I'm loved in my flaws. Okay, I'm a special case. Addictions. I want. I don't want to talk about drugs today. No. Nice and easy. They said I must, I must take it nice and easy because I'm scaring people. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying that. Addiction, guys. What's yours? And be honest with yourself. What is that habit that you've been trying to break? Is it gambling? Is it porn? Is it sex? Huh? Is it sex? <laughs> no, man. But what's, 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 your, what's your addiction? Honestly. And how profitable is it? How are you going to get to a level where you say, I need help? This needs to change. Is it because yours isn't plainly open? It's not a drug. It's not alcohol. Because you think yours can be done in, in the convenience of your apartment, your home, your hostel or flat. What will it take for you to see you have a problem? When did you sit and accept to say, I need help? Hmm? Addictions have robbed us from so many things, opportunities included. We've become addicted to certain lifestyles which we are refusing to move away from because the kind of life I'm currently living has become... One, which is my addiction. I want a certain type of life. That's who I've become. I want a a weekly escapade. Go out, get drunk, one night stand. And that's, that's, that's the life that I'm living. Consistently. Or lock yourself in your room And you're consuming so much porn oh. Gambling How much of your money is spent on best way Hollywood bets People Ah guys Just, just reflect eh? I don't, I don't want to scare you But I care about you guys. Addictions are problematic. Don't be addicted to anything. And the first step is realizing what your vice is and working on it so you can get to be a better person. Say this because I love you guys. And obviously, I need you guys to be sane and normal because the podcast will not grow without you. Yeah, the only addiction which is acceptable is addiction to this podcast. <laughs> no, but guys, honestly, take care of yourselves, man. We we need you to be um, effective. We need you. We need you to be effective. Yo, and I promised you a co-host. I promised you a mora. Oh, but the mora is afraid, guys. It's afraid. So, Please send me words of encouragement for Amora to come on the show. Oh, you're going to love her. She's going to love her. She's good. She's smart. She's witty. Oh, she has a lovely voice. You know? So ask her to come through, guys. I promise you that what she what she stands for and who she is, you're going to love. You're going to enjoy very much. So we've um, we now have a website. No, oh, sorry, not a website. We we're working on that, we working on that. Uh, just, just raising money for the website actually. We we now have a dedicated email address. The email address is massiven at gmail.com. That's where you can send through anything. Finally you can keep in touch and make it easy. Keep in contact. Or you can you can send it to to <laughs> to the owner of the podcast at Pimelomaleka. At gmail.com. Nah? Pimelo Maleka at gmail.com. Send through your emails there. And I'm going to be making a WhatsApp number. For the moment, you can contact the podcast on 071 141 5734. That's 071 141 5734. <laughs> After two weeks. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> well, uh, Thank you so much, thank you so much. Yeah, shout out to you. Hey, eh? I'm what's happened there in Europe? I, I'm seeing, I, I look forward to you guys making content because when I'm looking at the, the numbers, there's a very strong presence. I, I, I. I actually have nearly the same amount of listeners out in, um, send, uh, is it, yeah, in, in Europe. I'm seeing a lot of activity in France for some reason. So yeah, please, please like, share and subscribe. I tried this on YouTube and there's no one there. Guys, I'm putting this on YouTube. It's an audio podcast. Yes, I understand, but I'm trying to build the listenership. So please, it's now available on YouTube as well as an audio podcast. Please be sure to share, like, share and subscribe to the group and let's grow the movement. There are so many of you out there on Spotify and those who contacted directly. Thank you so much to those who've been listening. Special mention to Bongani, DJ Adrian Shongwe. I appreciate you, man. Special mention to Ransom. Ransom, I appreciate you, Mr. Masego. Much appreciated, sir. Um, Innocent Kumi, shout out to you, man. Shout out to Kotato Mateke, shout out to you, man. Shout out to <laughs> Marori, appreciate it. Shout out to Puzile. appreciate it. And the... oh, Mr. Give, Mr. Given, Mr. Given, Mabasa, <laughs> shout out to you, shout out to you, uh, Lebuani. Guys, um, there's so many of you, So, but I'm appreciating those in close proximity, because when often people that we actually know don't really support us that well, but start a business, if they don't support it, it doesn't grow. So guys, I appreciate some of you I know, some of you I don't know, I made you on the podcast. Hey! Have a fantastic week. My name is Kaleem, and this has been the Mercy Van Podcast. We are made different, and that's okay too. Yeah, I'm out.